Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. I'm Robert Rutherford. And I'm Andrew Orvidal. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. The show takes place on the third Thursday of every month at the Deer Pile in Denver, Colorado. The show was recorded on August 15th, 2013, and the theme was Heat. All right, moving right along. Our next storyteller, she's been on the sto- the show, sto- store, store, store before, and we are excited about having her back. Uh, she is a writer, an arts advocate, and a nail polish enthusiast. I didn't look what she was wearing when she first came in, but I'm excited to see it when she takes the stage. Uh, you can find her writing uh, at Reverb, but she writes sort of all over the place. You can find her on Tumblr as well. Uh, is that The Gravy? At Tumblr? Yeah, that's how we find it. All right, just look up the gravy on Tumblr and you will find uh, our next guest. Please welcome Rue Johnson. Oh, hi. My nail polish is red, if you needed to know. And that kind of relates to my story. This is kind of just more like, I don't know. It's not even a story. This is, I'm just, I'm more going to like lament with you and you're going to, we're going to be here together. Hi, Kristen. So I have like really, really, really bad PMS. Like, (laughs) no, like it's bad. Um, It's pretty bad. It's like literally like four days of heat and hotness. I'm hot right now. I'm having a hot flash right now. My Diana Ross hair is melting all around me. My womb is expanding as we speak. Um, I'm hungry and I'm sleepy. And there are at least three or four men and probably two ladies that I'd like to have sex with right now. It's a true story. It's a true story. Um, I, it's, it's always been that way. I don't even, you know, it's like when you're a woman, I'm 29 years old. So I've, you know, I've been going through this every month since I was about maybe 14, 15. So I was talking on the phone to my sister the other day and I was just, you know, we're just being women and talking about having PMS and I'm like, I'm so tired. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And my sister, you know, she's a Virgo. So everything is very like straightforward and very, you know, it just comes out so sweet, but I just, I wanted to kill her. She said, um, she's like, oh, you know, you know, when you have PMS, you get really mean. And I was like, do you mean you as in like the universal you? Or are you saying you like me? And she was like, no, I'm saying you like you, like you get me. So I started thinking about it and thinking about it and, and it brought me to um, this realization that there are like three or four different things that happen during my like very severe uh, PMS. One, of course, is which I want to have sex with everybody. So I used to live in this building just right down the street and the mailman always came at kind of like bizarre times. <laughs> No, seriously. So I was, you know, I was like going downstairs, kind of doing my thing. And and there was the mailman, this like nondescript, you know, it was the mailman. He was like not even, I don't know what was going on with me, but I was watching him. I was coming out of the elevator and something about the way he was like inserting the letters into the mailbox. I was like, something is happening to my body. My thighs were quivering and my lips were shaking. And I was like, watching this, like, you know, 57-year-old white man who has been (laughs) delivering the mail probably to Denver since the gold rush. I don't fucking know. But, you know, it just, it was very animalistic. I was just like, I'm going to go check my mail. (laughs) So I just kind of, like, slink up, and I'm watching him, like, you know, insert, like, I don't know, sweepstakes 
spam or something. Like, what is even mail anymore? I don't even know that. We can't believe we even get mail. And I just found myself kind of like easing up to him. And I just had to bring myself back. To, it was like, Root, don't fuck the mailman. Like, <laughs> try not to fuck the mailman. Anyway, it's just, it's, it's one of those things, you know, it's like really, really animalistic. We just find ourselves very like sexy and attractive. And I find myself more sexy and attractive and, you know, it's, it's kind of an amazing thing. Um, so one of my musician friends, so he's, he's, I was talking about this on Twitter and, and how I was, um, I have really bad cramps as well. So I was like, my cramps are so bad, they would just take out an entire African village. Like, choose one. They just take it all out, you know? So he said, okay, I'll come over and like, you know, maybe we could smoke and that would help you out. So I was like, okay, cool. Cause I like to like smoke weed and hang out and watch C-SPAN and like be by myself, you know? So I was like, yeah, like, come over. That's totally fine. So he comes over. It's the dead of winter. So I like to keep my apartment on Nairobi, which um, it was, your story was really funny about the apartment. I could never imagine my place not being, like, completely toasty. So he comes in, and, you know, he's like, wow, it's, like, really hot in here. And so my attitude, of course, because I'm PMSing, and I'm just like, are you coming to smoke? Or are you going to come talk to me? Like, sit down, shut up. So I was like, well, you know, <laughs> take off your clothes. So we're sitting there and like, everything's fine, you know, we're kind of smoking it up and hanging out. And so I could tell he wanted to ask like if I felt better or if he was helping me or, you know, whatever. And so he, he said, you know, what does it feel like? And I was just like, this is the wrong fucking question to ask me right now. And he said, does it make your vagina hurt? And I don't, like, in my mind, as soon as he said, like, does your vagina hurt, I just, like, lunged across the table and started, like, choking the shit out of him. Like, don't ask about my vagina. Don't ask. I don't want to talk to you. Oh. And I came to, again, before I, you know, choked a very important musician in the scene and someone who's very near and dear to me. I love him very much. He's very awesome. And I just kind of, you know, explained to him, like, this is what happens to me. Um, there's that day of depression, you know, where it's, like, so sad and all you want to do is eat chocolate and throw apples at Jesus and be upset and cry. I just read this story actually um, on Saturday, which was my day of depression, about a really awesome tech startup CEO who rescued a Labrador retriever from like the middle of the San Francisco Bay. And so I read that story and then I cried really hard. Like I cried. I was just like, oh, humanity, people are so amazing. People are amazing. And then later, actually, I went out and like drank a bunch of wine and came back home and then read the story again and made myself cry again. It was really, really obnoxious. Um, and then, of course, you know, it's like, I find that throughout the days, you know, I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to make it. I'm going to try not to, like, do anything obnoxious or, you know, throw myself out in front of a car because I'm sad or, you know, turn into a puddle of brown sugar and cry or sweat myself to death or you know, something to that effect. And I go through this roller coaster and some of my friends who are here, we, when we go on road trips, I'm always like, please just, God, please, please do not let my period start because I'm going to kill everybody. I'm just going to kill. I turn into like scary Carrie and my hair goes everywhere and my eyes get all big and it's all crazy. And so I, I work through, you know, I work through that heat in the summertime. I feel like it's just even worse. Like everything is just really, really heightened. My attitude is terse. I had to paint my nail polish red so that I could direct some of that energy somewhere else um, because mostly all I want to do is um, have sex with everyone and sleep and um, do things like totally obnoxious like read stories about Labrador retrievers in the middle of the San Francisco Bay. So that's what I've been going through today and yesterday. 
and Saturday. Tomorrow. And the other thing is I, my, my cycle is like clockwork, so I know that it's going to start on Sunday. So I'm like, okay, you guys, we got like, you know, three days till red tent status. So stocking up on the wine, the herb, and the good home girls, and, you know, staying away from any and all things that might make me crazy. So thank you for sharing with this with me this evening. Thank you. Rue Johnson. Our next storyteller, it's getting hot in here now, isn't it? It's hot. It's, 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 uh, it's suitably toasty, and I'm happy about that. Our next storyteller is no stranger to you. He's no stranger to me either. He wakes up to me every day. That's just a joke. Uh, but he is the co-host of this show. Uh, he's a great comedian. He has an album out right now, and I want to tell you about it. Uh, you can find it online everywhere and at your favorite retailers. It's called Hit the Dick Lights. Uh, please welcome Andrew Orvidal. Confusing the new people who've never been to the show before. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Um, this story is about a bump in the night. Before I tell the story, I want to give you the geography of the house I live in real quick. It's not super important, but I live in a tiny row house that's like crammed up right behind another house, like right up behind it. When you walk in my front door, there's like a living room, and then uh, right off to the right of the living room is the first bedroom. That's my daughter's bedroom. You keep walking down the living room, there's another door. That's my bedroom. You get to the end of the living room, that's the entrance to the kitchen. Bathroom is just off the kitchen, mudrooms in the back. There's not a quiz or anything at the end, just so you know where I am when I tell this story. And it gets hot as shit. There's no air conditioning, so I just leave the windows open all the time and just sweat in my tiny rectangle my little post-divorce fortress of solitude that I managed to find. <laughs> so on the night in question, um, I went out uh, with this cool young lady. When we went out and got some food, we went and got some drinks. We came back to my place. We goofed around. Not important to the story. Just want to let you guys know things are going okay since the divorce. <laughs> I tell a lot of, I, I've told a lot of sad stories in here. Just want to let you guys know it's, all hor it's not all horrible in my apartment. So then we go to sleep. We just, we you know, we go to sleep, I don't know what time, like midnight. And then around like 3 a.m., I'm suddenly awake. I'm just laying there in bed, just awake. And I'm like, fuck, why did I wake up? Like, do I have to pee? What's going on? I'm just laying there. And then that woman in, lying next to me in bed, who I thought was asleep, taps my leg. I'm like, tap, tap, tap. And then I whispered to her, I go, what's up? And she goes, did you hear that? And then my brain did this really weird thing where it rewound itself to right before I woke up when I was asleep. And then I heard what woke me up and it was the sound of my screen door slamming shut. And I was like, whoa. And so I whispered back to her and I said, what did you hear? <laughs> and she said, somebody just walked in your front door and into your house. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? So I get up to check it out, which is super weird because I am a coward by nature. Like, I am fucking useless in an emergency. Like, when the heat is on, I'm the first person to leave. Like, I once abandoned my then-wife in the hills of East L.A. when we were confronted by a pack of dogs to presumably die. Like, that's the level of piece of shit I am when something horrible is happening. Like, the only thing I would be good for in an emergency is, like, leading the pace car of sprinting that's leaving the emergency. 
Like, I'll just, be, I'll just be in front, making sure there's no obstacles as we're all just running away. But for some reason, I'll check out a bump in the night, one of the fucking scariest things. I've done it a few times before, and every time I'm like, why the fuck did I do that? Like, what, what's wrong with me? She just said she heard somebody walk in the front door into the house. Like, the smart thing would be to do, like, well, let's lock the door and call the fucking police and wait for them to show up. But I'm like, I'll go check it out. So the first thing I do, I put on some underwear, which is a weird thing to do when you're going for what should be like a 3 a.m. confrontation with a stranger in your house. Like, I want to look presentable for this shit. Like, me being naked is my greatest weapon against anybody. I'm not going to intimidate anyone physically, but my stark white cavefish body in the middle of the night, that would, it would, it would, cause, it would cause pause in them. They'd be like, oh my God, Jesus Christ. I chose the wrong house. But I put on undies for some weird reason. I guess nobody wants to fight naked if that's going to be what happens. So then I'm like... I better go get a weapon. So I go into the kitchen, and I get, like, my biggest cook's knife, and then I turn on the light, which, again, such a fucking stupid thing to do. Like, I've just announced myself in the house where I am, blinded myself instantly, and silhouetted myself in the doorway of the kitchen. Like, oh, God, I don't even know what's happening. Just so fucking dumb. But I just woke up. My brain's full of, like, sleepy juice, and I'm terrified. And either one of those things on their own would make you terrible at decision-making. But when you combine them, you're so stupid. That's when people are like, yeah, I have a gun in my house in case somebody comes in the middle of the night. I'm like, good luck with that. Good luck on how that's going to work out based on the decisions that I'm making. So I, I, I'm like, I get my eyesight back, and I'm like, all right, Jesus Christ. So I look in the bathroom. I, I look around the kitchen. I peek in the mudroom. I don't see anybody there. I know there's nobody in my bedroom because I just left. I can see through the end of the living room. There's only one room left that somebody could be in, and that's my daughter's room, who's currently unoccupied. She wasn't in there. And then I can see the front door isn't locked. I can usually see if, like, the, the tumbler is uh, clicked, and it's not. I always lock it. It's not locked tonight. So I'm like, all right, fuck. I got to go check out this last room. So I go back into the bedroom for, like, a, I don't know, like a check-in or something. I'm like, just be quiet and lock the door. And she's like, all right. And then she later told me that the image of me naked with the steak knife will be like the funniest mental picture she'll ever have for the rest of her life. So I creep up, I creep up to uh, the door, and the door is ajar. It's open like, I don't know, like two feet, and it's just darkness inside. Everything's silent, and I have the knife. And the only way the door opens is like this. So I'm walking up like this, and I'm like opening it so slowly. Like, I don't know if you can open a door like with your arm reversed, but that's how I'm trying to open the door. And I have the knife ready to like whip around... And a quick knife tip, if you're going to, like, stab somebody, people always go, like, point first. Like, they're, they hold it upside down with the blade out, and then you give them the whole surface. Just a tip for the ladies. Just a tip. <laughs> you can get them all the way across, and then you, can, then you can come back in. That's the only thing I'm doing right is holding the knife properly. So I, I open the door, and I come in the room, and it's pitch black. There's nobody in there. It's just silent. I'm standing in the room, like... Fuck, okay, so where the, where's the person who just walked into my house? So I walk back, and I'm looking around. It's all silent. I go into the bedroom. I'm like, I don't, I don't think there's anybody here. And she's like, I'm telling you what I heard. And I'm like, yeah, I believe you. I fucking heard the door open too. So I'm like, all right, well, let's check this shit out again. And I was like, you're deputized. Come with me. <laughs> like, the first, the first round, I'm pretty sure there's nobody in there. But now if there is, at least we'll, she can, like, hit him with a spoon while I stab him or something. So we go again. We turn on all the lights. We check in the closets. We check in, like, cupboards. We check behind shit. There's nobody in the fucking house. And I'm like, that's even creepier than if we had found somebody in the house based on what we just heard. What the fuck? 
So we go back, try to go to bed. It takes like hours. I'm, I have so much adrenaline. I was like, I think I'm going to have a fucking heart attack. Just laying there. Eventually I go to sleep. The next morning we're like, what was that? That was so weird. I don't know. So she leaves. Just a mystery ghost in the night. A couple days later, I'm in my kitchen and I hear my screen door slam and I hear footsteps coming into my house. And it's like the middle of the afternoon. I'm like, what? Did somebody just like some brazen friend just come over to like borrow some shit? Like nobody just walks into my house. And I peek around. There's nobody there. Nobody's in my house. The door's shut. Nobody could have even gotten in. And then I hear my neighbor calling his dog from the alley right outside my living room who just so happens to have a back door with a screen door that opens right next to where my bedroom is that when you walk down the alley, sounds like someone's walking through my house. Thanks. Andrew Orvidal. The Narrator's Podcast is recorded and produced by the Denver Diatribe. Check out their weekly show at denverdiatribe.com. The Narrator's Podcast is brought to you by these amazing sponsors. The great guys at Illegal Pete's and Greater Than Records, who in addition to providing rad burritos all over town, provide great local music and comedy. Check out the appropriately named Sexy Pizza at either of their locations in Capitol Hill or Old South Pearl. Or on their website, sexypizzaonline.com. And finally, by the internet superheroes at Commerce Kitchen, who provide internet marketing solutions and search engine optimization for all your e-commerce needs. Check them out at commercekitchen.com. For more information about the narrators and to listen to past episodes, go to the narratorspodcast.com. Thanks for listening.